This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, behind the surge in catalytic converter thefts. It's become a common story in the Bay Area. A person gets into their car in the morning, tries to start it up, and it's clear that something isn't right. Then comes the realization. Someone has, in the middle of the night, gone under the car and sawed out the catalytic converter so they can harvest the precious metals inside. You're out anywhere from several hundred dollars to a few thousand. These thefts have exploded in recent years. According to the National Insurance Crime Bureau, they increased from about 1,300 in 2018 to more than 52,000 in 2021. And those are just the ones reported by victims. So, where does your catalytic converter go after it leaves your vehicle? Chronicle reporter Nora Mechanic went in search of the answer to that question, and she joins me here. We're also going to hear some from Nora's interview with FBI Special Agent in Charge Sean Reagan of the Sacramento Field Office, who investigates a lot of these cases. Hi, Nora. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Damien. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Nora, everyone is so frustrated. We all know people that have lost their catalytic converters. I have not. Have you yet? No, but I lived in fear the entire year that I owned a car. So we've been lucky, but a lot of people haven't. And they're wondering where these things are going, why people are so interested in taking them. What did you find? I think like a lot of people, there's fear that you're going to come out in the morning and it's going to be missing. And I think most of us have a general idea that thieves are shimming under these cars, sawing them off in the middle of the night and selling them off to scrap metal yards. But what we haven't really known until now is what happens after they leave the scrap metal yards. And some really interesting filings came out of the Justice Department at the end of last month that really illustrate this illegal supply chain, how it works, and what happens to the catalytic converters once they are sold off by the thieves that have sawed them off. So according to federal prosecutors, there was a mother and two sons that were operating a business out of their home in Sacramento County. And prosecutors allege that they were buying up thousands of catalytic converters, collecting them in storage facilities throughout the Sacramento area, and when they had enough, they would ship them across the country to a metal recycler in New Jersey. That metal recycler would then strip the catalytic converters of their metals and sell them off to a metal refinery. So this investigation that the FBI did took several years, and it's now just coming to fruition. There were 21 arrests. So these three people in Sacramento were just a small part of this operation. But it's it gives us a glimpse into what happens once the catalytic converter leaves the thieves' hands. So if you're somebody in the Bay Area who's had their catalytic converter stolen in the past few years, it's likely that your car part has passed through a similar process on its way to some metal refinery across the country or even around the world. So your catalytic converter is not being used as a catalytic converter by someone else? Well, it might be because thieves don't sell them as catalytic converters. Once it leaves their hands, the metals are being stripped out. 
made into a powder and crushed into bricks. And those bricks are being sold back to the automotive industry. So it's very possible that if you go out and buy a replacement catalytic converter, you are just buying the very metals that have been taken from stolen catalytic converters, yours or someone else's. Wow. Okay, Nora, it's so reliant right on these precious metals. And you write that actually some of the people involved in these crime rings use an app. That was one of the most interesting things, I think, to come out of these federal filings. A metal recycler in New Jersey had become so successful that they created their own specialized app that catalytic converter thieves could log into using a subscription service, and they could see on any given day how much they were likely to receive for the catalytic converter they had just sawed off somebody's car. Here's what Special Agent in Charge Reagan had to say about that. Just like any other business, they want to be as profitable as they can. They want to be as efficient and effective as they can, right? Just like a legitimate business. And so they are looking for ways to streamline their theft, streamline the their, their illegal process, and then to make as large amount of money as they can. And so they are using those types of apps and doing that type of homework and research. Nora, I want to ask you, how did you get interested in going deeper on catalytic converter theft? I think for me, the interest started when a girl I used to babysit for, her very first car was a 2005 Prius. And she came out one day and like a lot of people turned it on and heard this vroom sound and realized that her catalytic converter had been stolen overnight. And when she went to the insurance company, they told her the car just had to be totaled because it was going to cost about $3,000 to replace this tiny part. It just wasn't worth it. So they totaled the car. She had to buy a new car. And I keep hearing stories like this. I mean, even I have friends here in San Francisco who have seen holdups, violent interactions, because people are coming out trying to confront catalytic converter thieves while a theft is in process. I just keep hearing anecdotally all these stories. And I think like a lot of people, I got curious about why this is happening and what can be done to stop it. And you write that it's actually grown during the pandemic. Why is that? Yeah, so it's increased about tenfold. In Berkeley alone, they're seeing about two catalytic converter thefts every day. And that's consistent with numbers we're seeing across the Bay Area and across the country, frankly. So it's a really big problem. It all starts with the pandemic, like a lot of things. So the three metals that are contained in catalytic converters, rhodium, platinum, and palladium, 80% of the global supply of those metals come from South Africa, and in fact, from a very small number of mines in South Africa. So when those mines were shut down at the beginning of the pandemic, it set off this massive spike in prices for these metals because they're absolutely essential to car manufacturers. And so you have both this decrease in global supply coming at the same time as many car manufacturers are trying to make their cars cleaner and reduce the amount of emissions. So you have these two forces that are just converging on this tiny car part and creating a lot of problems for people. All right, Nora, I want to ask you about why this is so hard to stop. But first, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back on Fifth and Mission. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Volwa, joined by Chronicle reporter Nora Mechanic. We're talking about the growing trend of catalytic converter thefts. Perhaps you've had yours stolen. We're sorry about that. Nora, why is this so difficult to stop? Why is it growing? Well, it's a relatively new problem, so there's not a lot of legislation in place that makes it harder for thieves and metal recyclers to get away with trafficking these stolen parts. But Newsom did sign a bill in September that's aimed at cracking down on a lot of these sales. The problem is that the legislation he put in place is just really basic. Essentially, they're just trying to make it so that recyclers have to keep detailed records and buy from licensed auto dismantlers. These are really basic things that, I mean, could have been done a few years ago if they wanted to stop this pandemic trend we've seen. Another problem is just that when a thief saws off your catalytic converter, they're just chopping off this part willy-nilly. So it's really hard to trace it back to any specific car because catalytic converters don't have codes on them. So even if you go out and you make a police report, it's hard for police to trace back a stolen catalytic converter to any specific crime. So it's just very hard to trace these parts once they go missing. A lot of people, though, are looking to car manufacturers to do something about it because part of the problem is that these parts are just on the undercarriage of your car. They're relatively easy to cut off. They're relatively easy to access. So there have been calls for major car manufacturers to put them in harder to locate places, maybe put a guard on them. But up until now, those things just haven't happened. Nora, do thieves look for certain cars and trucks more than others? They do. There's two broad categories. So one are the hybrids. Something like a Toyota Prius is very desirable. And that's because they contain more of these metals that strip out the pollutants coming out of the exhaust pipe. The second category is cars that are easy to shimmy under. Something like an SUV, a truck is always going to be more vulnerable. But in particular, police have noted that Toyota Highlanders and Toyota Tundras are targeted by thieves just because the placement of the catalytic converters on those vehicles, for whatever reason, they're just easier for thieves to access. So some have more metal and some are just easier to get. Exactly. So obviously, part of the frustration of people is they want the authorities to do more. How are police going about trying to solve these things and actually taking away the market? Because we know that if there's a market, people are going to steal them. There definitely has been a lot of frustration with police. Chronicle columnist Heather Knight reported back in August an example of two residents in the Richmond who called police because they saw someone stealing a catalytic converter. And police essentially let that person walk saying that they didn't have probable cause to be able to arrest them, even though that person had a carjack in their hand. And now with this new FBI investigation, there seems to be efforts to go up the supply chain. So not going after the thieves themselves, but more going after the metal recyclers and the refineries that are dealing in stolen parts. So what we're seeing now with these prosecutions of the family members in Sacramento that I wrote about earlier this week and also all the arrests that the prosecutors are making, they're really making an attempt to go after the organized crime aspects rather than just the the small-scale thieves. I asked Special Agent Reagan about this, and here's what he had to say. I think a lot of people, when they 
think about criminal networks or organized crime, they will think about the uh, Italian mafia. They'll think about drug cartels like Mexican, Colombian, South American drug cartels. But there are criminal syndicates across the globe that are involved in any type of criminal activity that you can think of. It isn't just drugs. It isn't just the theft of catalytic converters. It's credit card fraud, identity theft. It's violence. You can name the violation, name the problem, and there is organized crime involved in that and backing it and supporting it. So, Nora, what do people like Sean Reagan want victims to do? So Reagan really emphasized the need for people who've had their catalytic converters stolen to go to police, make reports, provide information, even if they don't think anything will come of it. He said those types of reports are the basis for the FBI's investigation. So even if you think nothing will come of it, making a report might help them track down the metal recyclers that are dealing in stolen parts and lead them to other nefarious aspects of this of these crime rings. And I want to come back to something you said earlier, Nora, about the car manufacturers. I mean, do we need cages underneath cars? I mean, is, is there some way that we can simply harden our cars and trucks? This is something people are already doing. There are auto body shops that will make their own aluminum or steel plates and bolt them onto the bottom of cars. If you're concerned about, you know, having your stolen, you can ask your local mechanic about that. There, That's happening kind of informally. But I think there's a real push right now for the manufacturers themselves to start doing more to prevent these types of thefts, because without them taking steps to make it harder for thieves to access them, I think we're still going to keep seeing tons of and tons of catalytic converter thefts around the Bay Area and across the country. Nora Mechanic, thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks to my guest today. She's Chronicle reporter Nora Mechanic. Thanks also to Sean Reagan, the special agent in charge at the FBI's Sacramento field office. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. <laughs>